Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Happy September, everyone. I hope that you all enjoyed the last little bit of summer. And whether you're going back to school or work, I hope that the transition has been going smoothly for you. And to help you get settled back into this new routine, I have a brand new Sisterhood of Saints for you. This is the first episode after our little summer break. And I wanted to introduce to you a holy woman who is one of four that hold the title of Doctor of the Church. And although she is a 12th century saint, her work and her music is still relevant today. And she is St. Hildegard von Bingen. As a previous music student, I had to take a number of music history courses, and I'll let you in on a little secret. I was never really fond of the old stuff. Now, there are probably a lot of music teachers and classical music aficionados listening to this who can't help but roll their eyes at me right now. But I couldn't help it because I couldn't stand Renaissance music and I definitely couldn't stand anything from the Middle Ages. But for one year, I had to focus on the history of music that encompassed a period of the Middle Ages Renaissance, Baroque, and Classical. And for context, the Classical period ended in about 1820 with the death of Beethoven. So that is a huge chunk of time to study. And I did all of this prior to my reconversion back to the faith. And why this is important is because a lot of the music from the Middle Ages and the Renaissance was very faith-based. And one of the earliest composers that I had to remember and study in this course was, of course, the great Saint Hildegard von Bingen. We actually had to study her allegorical morality play, Ordo Virtutum, and I personally was not here for it. And though the class was supposed to develop a certain level of musical appreciation, you can probably guess that I didn't appreciate it at all. But it wasn't until now, when I was preparing for this episode, that I really dove into learning more about Saint Hildegard von Bingen's life as a religious, a mystic, and a composer. And of course, that required for me to get reacquainted with her music once again. Hildegard was born in 1098 to a noble family. She was the youngest of 10 children, and unfortunately, she was born quite ill. 
Through this, Hildegard's parents put her in the care of a Benedictine nun, Blessed Jutta, when she was only eight years old. While in the care of nuns, she learned how to read and sing Latin psalms, and she grew in her personal holiness. It is said that from a young age, Hildegard experienced visions, and this also led her to become a Benedictine nun at the age of 18. She joined the monastery of St. Disabodenberg. She would eventually become the elected superior in 1136 after the death of Blessed Jutta. Under Hildegard's watchful eye, there was rapid growth in her monastery, so much so that she decided to move herself as well as 18 other sisters to a new Benedictine house near Bingen in 1148. And in 1165, a new convent was established in Ibingen. Though Hildegard never had any formal educational training, she was quickly recognized for her great knowledge of all things faithful, musical, and scientific. And what really attracted many to her was her deep devotion to the Holy Spirit. It is also said that Hildegard received many visions from God. As mentioned, she received them from a young age, but it is through these visions that she gained a lot of insight, and she credits God for all of those. Hildegard shared many of these visions with her spiritual director, who eventually passed along this knowledge to his abbot. And a monk was actually assigned to document everything that Hildegard saw. These accounts were later submitted to the bishop and even to Pope Eugenius III, both of whom acknowledged them as being truly from God. This made Hildegard incredibly well known, and many would go on to visit her and traveled great distances to hear her speak and seek assistance from her. Apart from her mystic visions, Hildegard is also greatly revered as a writer, a thinker, and an iconic figure in music history. Many of her work included commentaries on the Gospels, the Athanasian Creed, the Rule of St. Benedict, the Lives of the Saints, and a medical work on the well-being of the body. Her principal work is called Scivias, an illustrated work that describes 26 religious visions that she had over the course of her life. With regards to music, many of her compositions have survived the test of time more than any other medieval composer. And when she became the abbess of her convent, she actually started to write music for the first time. And she gave this music to her nuns to sing as part of the divine office. Many of her musical compositions along with the accompanying texts survive, including none other than Ordo Virtutum, which I had to study for my music history course. The latter part of Hildegard's life was fraught with difficulty. She unfortunately ran into some challenges with her diocese because she refused to remove the body of a young man who was buried in the cemetery attached to her convent. This boy had been excommunicated from the church, 
but Hildegard felt that this boy surely should have been reconciled to the church since he had received his last sacraments before dying. And ultimately, these actions and this refusal caused her convent to be placed under an interdict or suspension by the Bishop of Mainz. Hildegard passed away on September 17, 1179, just years before the interdict was lifted. But despite this troubling ending, Hildegard von Bingen's legacy still lives on more than 800 years later. St. Hildegard was one of the first people where the Roman canonization process was officially applied to. Before this, there was no real formal process to canonize saints, and holy persons were simply recognized as saints without any sort of appeal process or research. But now, as you may know, there are formal processes that are now reserved to the apostolic see. It took some time at first, so initially Hildegard was in this limbo and remained beatified. And it wasn't until May 10th of 2012 that Pope Benedict XVI gave St. Hildegard an equivalent canonization. And five months later, she was officially named as the Doctor of the Church. And she is one of four women who hold this title. In the words of Pope Benedict XVI, Hildegard is perennially relevant and an authentic teacher of theology and a profound scholar of natural science and music. Now you might be wondering what St. Hildegard von Bingen is the patron saint of. And to tell you the truth, St. Hildegard von Bingen is not officially the patron saint of anything. However, she unofficially is known as the patron saint of creativity, which I find to be so spectacular. And in my research, I actually came across a prayer in a forum uh, that asks for her intercession for all those who do creative things. Dearest St. Hildegard, let thy gracious prayer be for this, that in all things we serve God in bringing souls, including our own, to him, and delightfully so. Let righteousness enfold hearts moving in and moved by the arts. Let thanks be our joyous cry, our victory shout, our honoring trumpet blast, with gratitude that our Creator gave us the sensibility to know and love him, that he let us love as he loves forgive as he forgives, and leads us to be as perfect in purity as he is. Actualize all our divinely granted potential, St. Hildegard, for the chief end of uniting as the flock of our Good Shepherd, wisely using every gift he has given us.
St. Hildegard von Bingen's feast day is September 17th, and if you are creative of any type, I would encourage you to invoke the name of St. Hildegard whenever you create. I find this to be so special, especially given the theme of this podcast, how we are called to use our God-given gifts and talents to really orient ourselves in a way that fits into the greater story of God's salvation history for us. And creativity doesn't just simply have to be drawing or music or other things that you might feel are traditionally creative. I remember when I came across a lot of Catholic creative communities, I was a little hesitant to join them just because I didn't feel that I was creative enough. But quickly I saw that creativity isn't just bound to the arts, though of course it encompasses that. But really, creativity, when you think about that word, it really comes back to the root of creation or to create. And anything that you create, anything that starts as an idea within yourself and it manifests externally and you turn it into something good and beautiful, that makes you a creator, that makes you a creative person. In particular, when we use our gifts, when we use those God-given desires and those drives to seek out truth, beauty, and goodness, that makes you a Catholic creator. So regardless of whether or not you're an entrepreneur or you build robots or whatever else it might be that you do, you are a Catholic creator. And please don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. And in this way, I really encourage all of you to really look deep within yourselves and think about what it is that moves you, what is it that inspires you, and I encourage you to really just take up your hands, take up your talents, and pursue it. Whether it's something that you do just as a hobby, or maybe it's something that God is calling you to pursue full-time as a way for you to serve Him, as a way for you to evangelize to other people. Whatever it might be, I encourage you to just take heart and really pour yourself into those God-given gifts so that you too can create in the way that he creates. What this makes me think of is this beautiful metaphor of God as the master potter. Now, I personally have tried pottery and it was a bit of a disaster. I am not talented at it and I really appreciate and I am inspired by those who can really master the pottery wheel and that clay because I certainly couldn't. But God as the master potter, he is the potter and we are the clay. He is constantly molding us into something great. And just in the way that that clay is constantly changing and it's moving, we must be malleable to him. We must allow ourselves to be moved by the Spirit, and we must allow ourselves to really be free, to just be open to allowing ourselves to be formed into something that He wants to use us for. If you can imagine, stiff clay will not make a beautiful ceramic, so we can't be stiff clay. We need to be open and malleable and free. And once we are really free, once we've rested in that identity as a creator, as a son and daughter of God, we can do extraordinary things through him. As always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Feminine Genius Podcast. Like I mentioned, we are back 
the summer is over and there is more great content coming your way and I'm super excited for all of the upcoming interviews that will be coming down the pipe uh, in the next few weeks so please stay tuned for that. If you want to learn more about St. Hildegard von Bingen I've left a couple links to resources in the show notes for this episode as well as some links to videos where you can listen to some of her chants. In retrospect the chants are actually not bad. They're actually really nice to listen to. You can find us on the website at FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. Of course, you can also follow us on social media. We are at FemGeniusPod. And please follow us, subscribe, and download whatever episodes you love, wherever you listen to your podcast. St. Hildegard von Bingen, pray for us. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always. Oh, 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 oh